Here we go! Welcome to the Nintendo Power Zone. We are a video cast slash podcast dedicated to bringing you the best Nintendo-related topics. I am your host, Nice1983, and joining me are my co-hosts, Blues and Jaden Winsong. And ladies and gentlemen, it's our third annual E3 post show, and we're going to talk about all the major news that came out from the annual trade show. But first, guys, how are you doing today? It's all right. Had some shitty computer problem, but now I'm here. Uh, I'm a little bit sick, um, which is crappy when it's E3 week, all the hype, but then you're also blowing your nose the whole time. Uh, but it shouldn't be too bad for this recording, so hopefully I don't snot up the podcast this up uh today <laughs> all right so lots of press conferences uh a lot of them pertaining to nintendo i guess we can start uh with uh what was it sunday that was bethesda's press conference mm-hmm. so bethesda announced three games obviously they uh, announced the fallout shelter which was available that very day uh mm-hmm. they they reaffirmed uh their commitment to wolfenstein 2 and I don't know whether or not we're getting Wolfenstein 2 Youngblood. That's kind of up in the air. But maybe, mm-hmm. hopefully, since we're getting the main game, it would be silly for us not to get this extra content as DLC or something. Mm-hmm. And then they announced the Elder Scrolls Legends, uh, which is their take on a Hearthstone-like card game. I've never played the Elder Scrolls Legends, so I assume it's just like Hearthstone. Oh, so, more or less, yeah. So let's... Uh, let, Let's start with the type of content real quick that Bethesda brought. So they announced three games, technically four if we get Blades, uh, Elder Scrolls Blades, but and they did say that was coming to multiple platforms in the future, but for right now they're limiting it to uh, iOS and Android. Yeah. But I assume at some point we'll get it on the Switch. The Switch seems ripe for the taking on a game like that. It looks like they wouldn't even have to mess with the controls too fundamentally to make it work on the Switch since it does use the capacitive touch screens of most uh, smart devices. So of the, you know, three potential four games that we got for the Switch, two of them were mobile games, uh, Fallout Shelter and the Elder Scroll Legends. <clears throat> now, I don't think this is Bethesda, you know, I don't think this is their commitment waning for the Nintendo Switch, but I think it's safe to say Doom wasn't extraordinarily successful on the Switch. Uh but it, it did well enough, I guess, mm-hmm. that they want to keep working on the Switch. I've never played Elder Scrolls Legends or Fallout Shelter, so if you guys have any thoughts on these two games, feel free to like let me know because, uh, as far as I know, Fallout Shelter is just like a, uh, it's like a world building game, right? Where you just build your shelter up and more of a base building, I would yeah, call it. Not yeah, I've world base. I I played Fallout Shelter ages ago when it came out on mobile for like the first time when Fallout Four came out or whatever. Um, it's like you sort of just add rooms to your sort of base. You send your guys out on expeditions, and there's some microtransactions here and there, etc. Um, it's a very standard mobile phone game. Um, it's coming to Switch and other consoles, so it's it's there. It's something. Um, like you said, I don't think this is their um commitment to the Switch waning either. I think it's more so like what games do we have that we can put out. And also, what games do we have that we can also put out on the Switch? Because the Switch is not as strong as the other consoles um, in terms of the power. Um, and so I feel like it's it's balancing, like, okay, well, what do we have that we can even put out? Like, there's already Skyrim on the Switch. We can't put it yet another Skyrim on the Switch. We can. It's already everywhere, you know? Alexa has it now. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. 
and so it's kind of like, well, we don't really have a new Fallout other than like the Fallout seventy six yet. So we might well, be hesitant because that's not like a full entry. Uh, I feel like they just don't have games to put on there. Is the real issue? Yeah, Bethesda is a little bit light on the IP side of things, uh, if we're being completely honest. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the titles that they have now are really designed uh, to with um. Oh, well, maybe not anymore, but they are predominantly designed for PC gamers in mind, and then yes. uh, consoles as an afterthought. And so when you're when you're dealing with that, you kind of expect hardware that is a bit more on the um, upper scale of things. And, and, and I think, if anything, the Switch is just... It takes time to optimize textures and all these other sorts of things to actually allow it to run mm-hmm. on, you know, hardware that is honestly inferior, which, which sucks, but that's just... The reality of it. Um, I'm actually curious about the new IP that they uh, um, announced because uh, that'll be interesting to see if that will eventually make its way towards Switch. But we know literally nothing about it so far, so uh, we'll see. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's cool that Bethesda does have content coming for the Switch. Uh, am I super excited? I mean, I did download Fallout Shelter and I played it for a few minutes, and I'm like. Okay, I see why people like this, but I also see how this kind of game isn't for me. Uh, it's definitely your standard mobile game fare, as far yeah. as I can tell. And that's what I think hurts it being on the Switch, is because it's it's not it's not an experience that I would personally associate with uh, something like the Switch, even though it's a handheld. It's not. It's still not like handheld material. You know what no. I mean? Now I have a question. Does anything you do on Fallout Shelter affect any of the Fallout games mainline? Nah, I don't think so. No, they're just there for funsies. I, I think I say if it, if, it, if, it ha- if it has a compatibility ish uh, function with the main series of games, then it would be great because it would kind of be like a precursor to like some type of Fallout game for the Switch. But if it has no ramifications, then I just suggest that we move on. That's uh, not a whole lot with Bethesda, but I mean it was decent there enough. There was stuff, nonetheless. Yeah, there was stuff exactly. It was a good. They had a good press conference all around. I thought, yeah, but it was a little bit lacking for the Nintendo Switch side of things, and that's it. It it made sense considering what they were headlining. Yeah. So, So moving into uh, Monday's session, Mm -hmm. uh, Ubisoft started their press conference with this creepy panda dance number for Just Dance 2019. Of course, Just Dance (laughs) is going to get ported to. Uh, any Nintendo console. I'm, I'm pretty sure they released the last one for the Wii. This uh, one is also coming to the Wii and Wii U, yes. Which is insane. You know, yeah. That's, that's so weird to me. I mean, like, three consoles, like, two consoles later, and they're still making games for the for the Wii. But still, yeah. I mean, whatever. So, obviously, Ubisoft's commitment to just the Just Dance franchise, uh, it's inspiring, I guess. Ooh, <laughs> that's one word to use, yeah. See, I'm one not. thing that I sort of got to see a glimpse of in terms of Just Dance this year is that, like, there's a Just Dance cult, and they're a very large cult. They're hardcore Just Dance fans who love the games. They absolutely love these games. And it's actually really cool to see these communities go around Just Dance. Just Dance streamers are really popular, uh, and that's super cool to see, actually. Um, but I kind of like how they didn't, like, actually go in-depth with it. They sort of just gave it its little fun, quirky thing to show that, yeah, this game is coming. Well, what was really cool about it was that it was like, 
what I really even though I'm not a huge fan of the Just Dance games, I will admit to half playing them. Uh, I thought the way they introduced it was pretty cool. Like, it's really hard to do that single camera, you know, you know, no cut shot. Yeah, where they especially live, they did that mm -hmm. live. Yeah. So, Credit Where to you have the, like camera at the door, and then they bust into the theater, and then yeah, no, that was really well done. Yeah, and they it's not easy to do. No, man, that is like it takes hours, days, weeks of practice to do yeah. that. If you mess up and you mess up live, you're it's, that guy. Yeah, you're that guy. Mm -hmm. No, but yeah, their commitment to just dance is incredible. Uh, moving I would love to see their sales numbers on that just dance. To be honest, gotta be because, high. I mean, especially if they if they're pulling like. Uh, Wii and Wii U releases. I have if, to wonder what they're like. If games don't sell, they don't get made. So if Just Dance wasn't selling, you wouldn't be seeing Just Dance 2018, 2017, 2016. It would have ended like 2010 or something. Like the fact that they're still around today shows that they sell. They make Ubisoft money, and I think that's smart to have the Wii and Wii U audience still because people don't want to move up from those consoles, and they probably won't, even if they're love just dance they won't get it um just because it's on a newer system i think it's it's smart even though it's odd and they're like, never gonna run out of music for those games i mean no, no. that's why they there's such a that's why there's an annual turnout the game mm -hmm. doesn't have to evolve that much graphically they can yeah. as long as they stay committed to having up-to-date music in their mm -hmm. games then it'd be fine at, at some point i'm just wondering when when they're just gonna release a Just Dance Infinite Edition, and then just continuously add DLC to the game instead of releasing physical, you know, versions for each iteration. They kind of already do that. Um, there's like a I don't say a subscription service to it, but you can get like pretty much every just. So if you got Just Dance 2018, there's like a service you can sign up for where you get like all the songs, all the dances from history, and I believe that also updates to it's the future as well. Yeah, it's some sort of you play thing, right? Yeah, Where I think, yeah. you can actually stream songs and play yeah. them. I've seen some um, some Twitch streamers try and do that, and the, and the ones I've seen, uh, they run into a lot of errors, actually. Hmm. So it's not a perfect service, but it's I well, don't know. they're getting there at least. Yeah, that's it's, sort it's, of in that direction where it can be one infinite game that's it just needs to update the songs to whatever the song is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, I don't know if I'll be getting this specific game. I guess this is a game that it depends on whether or not my uh, my girl wants it. Mm -hmm. Then we'll determine whether we want it in the household or not. Uh, but moving on, the next game they announced uh, for the Nintendo Switch and all the other platforms was uh, the sequel to Trials, and it's Trials Rising. Yes. This game looks like a lot of chaotic fun. I, mm -hmm. like it, Like, graphically, it's not a powerhouse of a game, which is why it's, like, running... So, you know, it can run on the Switch. But mm -hmm. it's one of those games that just looks tremendously fun. Like, I I just kind of want to kill my cyclist over and over again just, you know, for the ragdoll, you know, physics yeah. of it all. That's all the glory there is in um, in Trials is the ragdoll physics. Like, obviously, there's a high amount of skill in actually clearing the courses. And that's a lot of fun, too. But when you, when you like get crushed by cars that explode and have you flying down mountains into spikes, you know, that's that's a lot of fun to see. It's satisfying. I love that montage video they had at the end of the uh, Trials Rising yeah. uh, section where it's just, like, literally all the bikers just dying in hilarious ways. Now, I will say this. I, the way they presented the game was, like, 
I'm like, what the hell is what's like the you know they got the guy in like the uh, evil Knievel outfit, and then he, and then he falls over TV. Yeah, I'm like, why? Like, I mean, I get it, but like, why? Well, I mean, yeah. it wouldn't be an E3 presentation without uh, some degree of cringe, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. sure, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I think Sony had plenty of cringe for us all. I mean, they they all do. That's kind of. Yeah. I mean, I, I I'll give some Todd you know, Howard you know, some you know cringe had, too. You know who had even more cringe? Mm. EA. I did not watch the EA one because I knew it would not interest me. So twenty minutes of not announcing a Switch title and n- not apologizing for the shit show that was Star Wars Battlefront. Um. So well, no, no. I thought EA <laughs> did a very good job. They're still kind of EA, but I thought comparatively to the other presentations, uh, I think they're moving in the right direction. Honestly, um, I know this isn't an EA podcast, but I, I saw it. Um, I think that they they're going in the right direction with they they acknowledged the battlefront issue. They didn't quite apologize for it, but they at least acknowledged it. Um, this year's E three, they took a different style where they sort of did um a more focus on the developers, thanking the developers, creating the experience, um, more family, more face oriented. Um, instead of like here's your EA CEO all big and flashy, like they sort of did previously. Um, it sort of seems like they are trying to learn from their mistakes. Um, even if this is kind of just more a service level face sort of thing, um, having the one um, presentator for the whole time really like glued it all together as well. I thought, but the one thing that really like surprised me and it shouldn't surprise me, and I saw it actually as a trend that the rest of E3 itself was that I believe it's for the game um, Anthem. They said so. EA said they will not have loot boxes and they will not have pay to win in anthem ea said this yes yes they did but it's literally that is reactionary that is like it's great and all but it's Mm -hmm. so reactionary that like i almost i almost don't care but yeah you know it's funny about that somebody posted online i haven't gone to verify whether or not this is true but according to some of the pre-order um whatchamacallits, the deluxe edition of Battlefield 5, is not going to have loot boxes. It's going to have these things called airdrops, which is a <laughs> fancy word for a loot box. Okay. So, uh, I, I think it's just a bunch of bullshit, personally. I, I, I don't know. That's that's where the money's at. I do not see EA um, backing off of it wholesale. No, look, I, I'm not here to, like, you know, rain on EA's parade like well, EA is EA and they, you know I've never really been a tremendous fan of their games in general The Sims but, 2 like, though The Sims 2 was great Well yeah. you know this is <laughs> EA as a whole I mean they tend to go one step forward two steps back Yeah I think this is that one step forward somehow at least it's a start but yeah I think so So uh, I mean if you want a uh, nice one, if you if you want to check out some of the 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 high um, high point of EA's career, check out the games they released from like 2006 to 2009, 2010. That was a pretty high point, and they had like three or four good years, and then everything that's been downhill. So I, I'm not surprised that you're not a, a fan. I pretty much stopped playing most EA games after they got rid of the street titles. Yeah, because all I was there for was like the you know NFL Street, NBA Street, and then you know a few Madden games here and there. But 
even then, like now the Madden games are like so far out there. I'm like, I can't play this anymore. This isn't even mm-hmm. a game anymore. This is like I might, as well, I might as well just be controlling the real player. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh, after that, they uh they had this tremendous, tremendous showing for the uh, Mario Rabbids uh, Donkey Kong DLC. Fully uh, orchestrated, yeah. Grant Kirkhope, man, just uh, killing it up up on stage with that band, and it was mm-hmm. it was great. We got a nice long glimpse at the game uh, on the monitors as they played, and I was like, and I, mm-hmm. if I didn't love this game already, I couldn't help falling in love with it with all this Donkey Kong love that they're showing it. Donkey yeah. Kong is getting more love from Ubisoft than he's getting from. Nintendo. <laughs> Nintendo. And yeah. it looks so good. It looks so good. I was tripped out when I saw it. I was like, man, yeah, I'm gonna I'm glad I bought that season pass when I bought it. Let's go ahead and get it. Uh yeah, and I uh, Donkey Kong has some great movement options, but at the same time, this is a year old game at this point. They uh mm-hmm. you know, it took them a long time to develop this DLC, but I am glad that it is expansive DLC. Uh Davide Soliani was on the Treehouse Live. This is roughly half of the main game. Uh, so That's like, what, 10, 20 hours, something like the, that? The main, the main game's like 30, game, right? It took me about 25 hours to beat. Oh. So, so, yeah, they said it's roughly half. I don't know if that's going to, you know, how hard it's going to be and uh, how like what the replay value of the Donkey Kong DLC is going to be versus, you know, the main game, but... It all looks very good, and I feel like they've really nailed Donkey Kong. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, That's I've a considerable amount of content. I was hoping that they'd announce a sequel of sorts. Just, just say, you know, we're working on another one. You don't have to, like, this This is what we got in the pipeline. We're making another one. But happy with the Mario DLC. Mario Zelda. High <laughs> uh, Rabbids, Rabbids plus Zelda. That would be insane. Yeah. I'd play that game. It, it could just yeah. be the exact same thing too, though. But just instead of Mario and Mario characters, you have Link and Zelda and Ganondorf Rabbids. You know, exactly. You know what's nice about this DLC, though, in general, is that it shows that Nintendo's really willing to open up the wheelhouse. We thought it might just be limited to the Mario characters, but now seeing that apparently, according to uh, the development team, they had to work with a separate development team. Uh, because they had to work with the Donkey Kong team, and that's completely different than working with the Mario team, and that the Donkey Kong has to act in this kind of way. He can do these type of things. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Like that they're letting they're opening it up. I can't wait to see what else uh, you know Ubisoft has in store for their rabbit characters and what other crossovers we can look forward to. Speaking of crossovers, though, yeah. speaking of crossovers, yeah, it's a good transition point. Starlink Battle for Atlas. I was already excited about this game when they announced it last year because I thought yes. the I thought the NFC like toys looked really good, and I know we're in this market where Toys to Life has significantly dropped off. off the face of yeah. the earth. But you know, I thought this was a cool way to maybe revitalize it, and it looks like it skews just a little bit older, so it won't be like Skylanders, you know, bad. Because mm-hmm. let's just Skylanders are like really bad beat 'em up games. Yeah, know? but they're aimed oh, for yeah. kids to be simple and quirky. So yeah. you can't expect a lot of depth there. You have to just make them fun for kids. Still, but like you know, if you're gonna announce like characters like Donkey Kong and Bowser, you know, yeah. showing up in your game, I was hoping that hey, maybe they've like overhauled the game so that these characters, 
you know, that we all love and enjoy can actually have a fun game to be in. And then I bought the uh, the game and I was like, this is terrible. This is just as terrible yeah. as it's always been. Uh, and the quality of those figures was was even worse. Uh, yeah, like, Skillers had some decent quality in the beginning. They kind of s- stopped the quality, though. Yeah, they they it just dipped after pretty much that first game. Once once yeah. it became an annual an annual franchise, that was pretty much it for the quality of the uh, the figures. Yeah, but the well, Starlink looks like a good game as far as mm-hmm. game content is concerned. It looks like it's uh it looks like a better version of No Man's Land, maybe a little bit simpler. You mean No, no Man's, Man's Sky or No Man's Sky? What I say, I mean, it looks very yeah. different from No Man's Sky, but aesthetically, it has some of the same ideas in terms yeah. of the planet landscapes. So it reminds me well, of that, but it looks even, like a a, simpli- a simplified version of that. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea that you can go from um, space to the planet. So in that sense, it very much is mm-hmm. like uh, like No Man's Sky. I mean, No Man's Sky was really basically known for its procedurally generated crap. So we don't know if if Starlink is going to follow the same suit. But ultimately, I think well, I, I can see where the connection they did say it wasn't made procedurally here. generated. They did say that. The stages were going to be handcrafted. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they just showed it on the Treehouse Lab like before I came into um, recording here, and it looks very nice. So all the planets are open world, but you can also like explore the entirety of the entire planet. They're all handcrafted. Um, there's a very interesting story it seems, and um, the worlds are actually living, which is kind of like No Man's Sky, but also just like they're living in their own respect and have their own sort of ways those planets impact the rest of the like star system around it and it's really cool to see i think there's a lot of love and hand and that was handcrafted in this world yeah it, it, i mean that's already kind of interesting mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah but like i said that's one of the reasons why why you kind of you kind of have to handcraft it because um the procedurally generated stuff is great but there's no it's more him. hero or no more heroes no no man's no man sky. sky excuse me uh De- demonstrated is that the algorithms that they have to procedurally generate them and have them feel lifelike just aren't there yet, you know? Yeah. They're yeah. pretty complex. To do it right, you gotta handcraft it. So, yeah, I was already, like, highly intrigued by this game. I thought the game mm-hmm. itself looks good. The fact that it's handcrafted, that, you know, I'm, I'm about that life. And yeah. the figures look great. But uh, Ubisoft wasn't done there. So after they're, like, you know, after they showed the game off, you know, mm-hmm. just a little bit, start this trailer. And, you know, one of the characters is, you know, calling out for help. She can't get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, her screen is staticky. But then you start to hear some familiar, you know, jargon. If you're if you're a Nintendo fan, that sounds familiar to you. Then the screen cuts to a red scarf. And I, in the moment they showed that scarf, I said, Star Fox? <laughs> and you know, it's funny. I actually had the face earlier, well, because they had the the noise, right? And the rub, 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 rub. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, they're not gonna do this. They're not, they don't fuck with me. Don't don't talk with my emotions. And then I saw the scarf and I lost my shit. I threw my uh, headphones off, and you know. No, and yeah. then the second they showed the face, and then the visor lights up, I was like, oh, I had my moment, yeah. and that was. That was one of my favorite moments of E3 was finding out that Star Fox would be playable in Starlink Battle for Hellas. But not mm-hmm. just that. He is a Nintendo Switch exclusive character. Sorry, PlayStation. Sorry, Xbox. 
You're getting the game. You're just not getting Star Fox. Yes. And then, you know, obviously, uh, uh, what's his name? The president of Ubisoft, whose name escapes me. Yves Guimon. Yves Guimon. Yves Guimon. He gets on stage. He's like, we have a very special guest in the audience. And his name is uh, Miyamoto. And then he pulls out the uh, the model. Prototype for the R-Wing. Yeah, the prototype of the R-Wing. And it's not just a prototype for the R-Wing. There's a little Star Fox. There's a little Fox McCloud there as well. And I was like, and he hands it to Miyamoto. And that moment, I was like, that's going to be in the game. That is going to be in the game. And I was, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, sold, sold. Sold. The R wing is actually what sold me on the game. I had I had not heard yeah. about this game before then, but um on my Twitter feed I saw a uh, a picture showing the bundle that the Switch was gonna get, and I was like, is that an R wing? That's an R wing. Sold. So yeah. I pre-ordered that instantly. And one of the things I really liked uh, when we, when you talk about the R wing is um looking at the gameplay trailers. You actually see multiple parts. You got the center part. And then you've mm-hmm. got the two wing parts. What they actually did is they uh, took the wings, you connect them to the center part, but you can also swap them around and put them backwards. And it yeah. actually shows up in the in game. The game. Yeah, you can put your guns on backwards and they fire backwards. Yeah, cool. which that's, is super cool. I think that's what I really like about the game is that it's... It's reflective how you yeah. build the ship. Yeah, and it's cu- the customizable ships was pretty cool already. It's like what Skylanders didn't do with uh, Skylanders Superchargers. I think that's what it was called. With I think you mean Swap Force. Swap Force was the one where it changed things no, well, around. No, well, that was after the one with Donkey Kong, wasn't it? Well, no. So it goes Swap Force, then they made... Superchargers was one with Donkey Kong and Bowser, and then uh, they did Imaginators. Which so, the so they game. had the vehicles in that game, but and okay. then in, in the game itself, like the vehicles get you know shifted around a little bit. You can do stuff to the vehicles, but well, you they can't reflect the characters. Yeah, or the but, statues. Yeah, and it's so lame that you can't do anything to those figures. But with you know Starlink, you can actually mess with it, and then it changes in game. I was like, that's dope. That okay. is so dope. Uh. It just looks great. I love that bundle. I love that bundle. I was like, oh my god. Pre-ordered it immediately on Amazon because it looks so good. And it it's so good because we were supposed to get an R-Wing Amiibo for yeah, Star Fox Zero. Zero. And we didn't. And we did yeah. it because of, I believe they said uh, Nintendo had uh, said that there were safety issues with it. Like the R-Wing's overall shape is mm-hmm. uh, because it's so pointy. That they couldn't figure out a way to make it safe for children. Uh, well, Ubisoft, either they didn't care, or they found, or, or they found a way, or they aged the game up instead of uh, E for everyone. It's going to be like rated T for teen. Yeah, I guess I could see T for teen. To be honest, with this title, uh, I could see I T for see teen. it. Yeah, they figured out a way, or they just don't care. But it looks great, and it the overall size of it is what I love about it. That R wing yeah. is huge it's not it's not an amiibo it's bigger than the detective pikachu amiibo it's you know one of the things though is about that is that it actually kind of concerns me in terms of gameplay because uh, the way it works uh if for for those of you listeners who haven't seen it is um you've got it on you've got the the r-wing and it Mm -hmm. connects to the top of the controller and if it's too heavy, that's going to be kind of bulky. So I'm, yeah. I'm assuming that they're using some sort of light material. So they have but... a shell for it, actually. There's a Joy-Con shell. They created this specific yeah, shell yeah. that comes with the bundle. 
And I'm certain it's going to be heavy, but I'm also certain that it's going to be really stable because it's this huge accessory that they've built for it. Uh, I don't know how it's going to work on the PS4 or Xbox. They have That's their like... custom clips, and you clip that on a controller, then the stand, and you have it under there. That won't mess with Microsoft players too much. Their controller could be, you know, you throw that off the top of a building, you're murdering somebody. It's bulky, yeah. It's heavy. The Duke, um, right? But you don't necessarily have to have those always clipped on your controllers. Um, I believe they mentioned that, like, you can once you scan them in, they're, like, saved into the game. And so... Oh, yeah, so I think you can swap them from inside the game. I know that the Switch bundle that you guys have pre-ordered, um, on top of getting just, like, the R-Wing, like, ships, there's other ships already, like, downloaded into the game as well for the starter packs. Oh, and another cool, like, character figure as well in that, yes. in that bundle. There's there's the Star Fox character figure as well. I'm not sure you guys saw that. And it might be cool to see if that has uh, an Evo chip inside it as well. We don't know if it does. Right now, they haven't said anything, but an Evo chip for Fox should be cool in that. Yeah. So they did confirm... One thing that I thought was, you know, I was wondering about was how playable is Star Fox within the game? You can actually beat the entire campaign campaign as Star Fox, playing solely as Fox. So yes. I was like, that is awesome. Sold. Double sold. And yeah, and I also like the Star Fox game. game that we the Star Fox game we didn't get. Yeah. <laughs> so so they also um mentioned sort of along those lines. I was going to mention earlier. There's Star Fox exclusive missions exclusive for the Switch as well. That sort of explain Fox's story in all of this. And there's extra content with Star Fox themed. You'll see um, all the classic characters as well. I believe they mentioned like Fox, Fal- Fox, yeah, Fox is already in. Falco, um, Slippy, uh, Peppy Toad, etc. Um, so it'll be really cool to see that. Yeah, that that game has me excited. and It had me excited last year as well. Yeah, exactly. Like I was already amped for it, but mm-hmm. the inclusion of uh, Fox McCloud and the rest of the Star Fox uh, crew, that is just a really good deal for nintendo like that yes. that makes it the definitive version of the game yeah uh, for for you know fans i mean just like soul Calibur 3 exactly we're already starting to see like a shift in like people's you know desire for you know games on their console mm-hmm. like they're waiting for the switch version or they're waiting to see if there's going to be a switch version, version because they like that portability exactly so now you have a game that's going to come out the same day on all platforms mm-hmm. And you have one version that I think people will covet more than the rest. And I yeah. believe, and again, it just reaffirms that Nintendo is really willing to let their IP go play in other people's backyards. So this is the second time in two years that we're seeing a Nintendo property being handled by Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. Now it's not as expansive as uh, as Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. It's it's pretty much a wink and a nod, you know, yeah. to, to have him in there. But it's, it's extra content as opposed to a whole game, and then exactly. more extra content on top of the whole game. You know, but it works I in would, Nintendo's favor, and I think does. it works in their favor, and I think it just shows that Nintendo's really willing to just work with other companies to make games. And if that's what Nintendo has to do to bring other developers into the fold, then you know, so be it. I think the same kind of applies for Rocket League, where they and it's it's you know, it's just a skin in Rocket League, but you have yeah. like the the metroid car you have the mario and luigi and stuff mm-hmm. like that you're, you're starting to see like nintendo ip show up in other franchises and that's mm-hmm. really good for nintendo you know i wouldn't be surprised if um in a couple years if this game if starlink does do well i would not be surprised if we see a, an ubisoft developed Star Fox title would not hate that right now Mm-mm. no i, would I not think hate that, that would be very Honestly, possible 
Ubisoft has been pretty on top of their game in 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 regards to most of their games lately. So um, if any big AAA developer company, um, I'd choose them out of all the other ones. Ubisoft's really turned it around. Yeah. Uh, the first, the, their first like real major decision in doing that was saying we're not paying for the Unreal Engine anymore. We're gonna create our own engines. Like, and there's nothing wrong with Unreal. I think Unreal is a great mm-hmm. engine. Look at Kingdom Hearts three; it, it looks gorgeous running on Unreal mm-hmm. uh, instead of the white engine anymore. Uh, but at the end of the day, like that was the beginning of Ubisoft saying we're triple A developer. We're a triple A third party developer. We can make better games now. That doesn't mean they didn't run Assassin's Creed into the ground. It doesn't mean they didn't run Prince of Persia into the ground because they did. They ran those franchises into the ground and they had to go elsewhere. And obviously licensing, they're doing great with. Obviously the South Park games are selling. They've begun to fix uh, Assassin's Creed and their relationship with Nintendo is really phenomenal. And Mm -hmm. as a Nintendo fan, we're getting great games out of it. So I appreciate that. And I no longer... Uh, hold Ubisoft in the in the light that I held them in before because, yeah, whenever I thought of Ubisoft, I started thinking of shitty games and yeah, definitely, they're not doing that. They're like we're fixing what's wrong with us, and I yeah. think I think Ubisoft had one of the best presentations this year, like yeah, it's really solid. So yeah, again, we had Trials Rising, Just Dance, the Mario Rabbids DLC, and Starlink Battle for Atlas featuring Star Fox. Solid titles for the Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So moving on to Tuesday, we had the Nintendo Direct. Mm-hmm. Uh, so guys, for, uh, just we're going to throw this out there. We're not going to be talking about Smash at all right now uh, to the audience. I know sucks. We're going to do a separate episode specifically for Smash. So mm-hmm. don't worry about it. We will have a full episode just based on Smash. We don't want any of this stuff to get lost in transition. So we want to talk about all this other stuff. So mm-hmm. starting with Demon X Machina, I believe that's how you pronounce that. It's that game looks phenomenal. Made by Marvelous Studios, who they are a fantastic video game developer. They, they truly are. But this game looks mind-blowingly good. It, it, I, I can't tell if it's cel-shaded or not because it's kind of like some scenes look cel-shaded and other scenes didn't. The trailer, the the music in the trailer was crazy, uh, and all the explosions and the mechs look great. I have no idea what that game is about, but it looks really good, and it looks like something I could really sink my teeth into. Uh, Jaden, I know you were looking into Demon X Machina. What yeah, because you- it was mostly they did something really different with this trailer, and they actually had a a, um, a cast credit at the very last like two seconds, and um, I was looking up bunch of these names that they had here, Kenichiro Tsukuda, uh, Shoji Kawamori, Junichi Nakatsuru, Kenawata, and all of them. And they all have, um, they have really, really good resumes in terms of what they've worked on. The producer um, has really good credits to big name, to, to, to favorites. Um, Armored Core, he's, he's credited for the good ones. Uh, Armored Core 2 and 3, and... Um, Silent Line. There were some other games as well. It's problem with some of these uh, tied, uh, these people is that they um, they don't have their credits all on one thing. Uh, Blue Dragon Plus Lost Odyssey is probably one of the biggest uh, hits. 
Well, they made Monster Hunter Story last year. They also made um, Monster Hunter Stories, a story of seasons. Um, he's got a really, really good uh, track record of producing mm-hmm. games. So um, the guy who it's did... also the studio that's helping develop uh, No More Heroes, uh, Travis Strikes Again. Yes. Yeah, they do. That's one of the other guys. That, the one, of, one of the ones I was going to mention Pseudo later 51. is you find out that um, a lot of these guys have worked together on a lot of these uh, big title games. Shoji Kawamori, he's the mecha designer. He's um, he's mostly known for Macross, which is a huge, huge uh, series in Japan. Um, really, really well-known. Um, Armored Core again. So if, if, if this game looks a lot like Armored Core... It's because they're getting a lot of the same people. Well, it looks fantastic. Like, like I like how the the trailer showed mostly gameplay. Like, they they showed yeah. a lot of gameplay in that trailer, and everything I saw, I liked. I mean, mm-hmm. I could do without the music, but I mean, I know there's a contingency of the audience that love that that song. It got them extraordinarily hyped. But yeah, it looked great. It looked great. The development studio behind it, top notch. So I'm looking forward to this game. Uh. 2019 release, unfortunate, uh, but that's a kind of a trend with the the direct uh, in its entirety. Where we saw mostly, we saw a good number of 2019 titles. Mm-hmm. I'm just calling uh, it now. This game, this title is gonna be really good. Yeah, I believe so as well. I think it's gonna be fantastic. Actually, yeah, graphically, it looks like it's taking the switch into like new territory. It looks like it's gonna be pushing stuff, but it also has a really good art direction as well. So that looks nice. Looking forward yeah. to it. Speaking of graphically intensive games, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Torn of the Golden Country DLC was announced. Uh, it's our first uh, st- real story DLC for Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Mm-hmm. Looks good. Uh, we, it's officially going to be a prequel to the uh, the main storyline, so we're mm-hmm. going to see... Uh, it's the Aegis War that it's always talked exactly. about in the game story that prefaced the current events that we have. Um and the Treehouse Live specifically showed Adam today, yes. which mm-hmm. was cool. I was like, cool. I'm glad they showed that before we went live today because I was wondering how much of this we were going to see. I was wondering mm-hmm. if we were going to get small segments or not. But that's not all. As far as the uh, as far as what they showed yesterday in the Treehouse Live, they showed off the Battle Challenge DLC, which includes Shulk and Feora. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, well, that was pretty interesting. I like the way that Shulk and Feora transitioned into this new world as far as the art directing is concerned xenoblade chronicles one is a fantastic game but it's ugly <laughs> yeah well it's an old title too yeah. and on super inferior wii <laughs> graphics so yeah. i mean so, now shulk fit right in and i loved the i love that shulk is a blade uh in this game and i love that uh i love seeing rex hold the minato mm-hmm. i just the 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 sight of that just that's so freaking awesome. I will say this. It's cool that Shulk is in the game. I'm a little bummed that Shulk isn't playable within the contents of the main story, only accessible in the battle challenge. I would love to use him in my second playthrough. I don't care how much sense that doesn't make. I don't care. It, for it, It's my second playthrough. Let me do what I want. All right. Yeah, no, um, I get you. The, the thing that... um. I kind of hope on my wish list that we have these returning sort of characters in Shulk and Fiora is Lynn and Elma could be maybe becoming. Uh, but what I really, really hope 
it doesn't make any sense for the combat system at all. But I want scales in the world of Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Scales need to come back. It will not cool. work with the combat system at all, but I don't care. Wait, have we all beat the game yet? Nope. Okay, so we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll stay away from spoilers content then. All right. Uh, you know, it's funny that like people talk about Shulk, and my favorite character in Xenoblade was always Dunban. Uh, Dunban, yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, that's I played the game entirely in Japanese, so the pronunciations are a bit different. But um, mostly because, uh, well, he's a cool character. And second of all, because his Japanese voice actor is the same guy who voices Vegeta. Oh, I didn't so know that. Listening to him, to it, listening to him talk is just kind of like that's wicked cool. Uh, <laughs> I would love to see him show up in uh, Torna. Yeah, as well. Somehow. Well, they they did say Antos uh, at some point in that trailer. Who, if we were all paying attention to the storyline, is the third Aegis Blade. Yes. So I'm um, I'm assuming that that story, the uh, the Golden Country, will show where Antos went specifically. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe not, but. We'll, we'll find out. I mean, the One first last thing, the um, DLC dropped today. So if you yeah. bought the season pass, you can play uh, with Shulk and Feyre right now. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I found uh, confusing, though, about Torna, the Golden Country, is that um, the release, mm -hmm. it's uh, it hasn't been made clear, at least from what little I've, I've done digging, is whether or not it's purely digital or are they going to have a physical copy? Because there seems to be some indications that there's going to be a physical copy of this. And I'm kind of like, well, that's kind of weird because it's its own game, but it's not its own game. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm actually concerned with the with the way they've waffled on the release date for this. Yeah. Not, like, wasn't it September initially? And now I think they said December. I'm, I'm actually just confused as to when it's actually going to release at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, because I believe, like, literally, they said September, and then later again, they said December. I was like, which one is it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> game looks good. Uh, DLC is out today. So if you bought the season pass, go ahead and try those battle challenges out because they look hard, but they look like they're a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Plus, there is a mission uh, for Jin that takes place concurrently with main story events. So Jin does something off screen. Uh, and when you when you get to the that portion of the game as Rex, Pyro, and the crew, you see mm -hmm. the aftermath of what Jin's done. In this DLC, you get to do what Jin does. So I thought that was pretty neat. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Adds to the story, uh, especially because I don't think we got enough of Jin in Xenoblade. Agreed, yes. All right. So moving on to the next game. This one was a surprise for me. Uh, Super Mario Party. You know what I was more surprised about is how... Um how interested i actually am in this title yeah it looks good it looks like they it, it's going through what mario tennis uh went through yeah had a bunch of bad games but looks like they've made the realization that they've had a bunch of bad games and like let's fix these games so mario tennis aces is fantastic i don't like i loved playing that uh that online oh, tournament really oh so yeah i'm bad at it too but i had so much fun doing it i was I, I feel like I'm pretty good I spent that whole day sick to my stomach, and that's all I did that day was play the online tournament uh, that last Saturday. So, yeah, I enjoyed the hell out of that game, and I cannot wait for it to come out. And this game looks equally as good. And 
Uh, it's it's competitive Mario Party the way it should be, not like Mario Party Ten where and uh, Nine where you ride in the car together and everybody wins. That's not how board games work. Board it's not games. Mario Party unless you're simultaneously destroying your relationships at the same time. I'm just you know exactly. it's not the same. Uh, yeah. The mini games look really good. They they utilize the Joy Cons extraordinarily well. There's a mini game where like you have to sear a cube of steak. You have to, you know, do each yeah. side by flipping the Joy Cons. Like that looks like a lot of fun. That'll like, be very interesting. That looks like a game that that could have been on one two switch, and yeah, it yeah. a lot of fun. It looks just like that. Uh, what has me the most curious though is the multi tablet feature that they're starting to throw in. That's yeah. the worst part. They've showed this game multiple times in Treehouse Live, and they have not talked about how that works. Yeah, and I'm like, how are they doing that? It's magic. It's witchcraft. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm convinced that it's witchcraft because uh, so for again for those of you listeners slash viewers who haven't who haven't seen the trailer, you should go check it out. But they show two uh, tablets side by side, and um, on the screen there is these little like pathways, like kind of like a maze. And what you see them do is you see them move one tablet to the other side of the tablet and flip it so that it completely uh, changes the maze layout. And somehow the game freaking reads that and is able to um, have the characters traverse the newly formed maze in perfect fashion. And I'm well, like, they, How? Had a, they had another game that they showed it off yesterday, did in Treehouse Live, where you have to match bananas. So one half of the banana will be on the bottom screen and the other half will be on the top screen. And you have to flip the screens in order to make the bananas whole. And I'm like, what the? How do you do that? What are you? What did you do? How does this work? This makes no sense whatsoever, but it's awesome. It looks so good. So that's what's got me curious. I, I'm convinced it's black magic. It's black magic, though. No, I, I might be crazy because I very clearly remember. Um, we a couple months ago at this point, we I think talked about a patent that was discovered that could allow for this in the Switch. I thought we already discussed a patent about something similar um, on the show. So I'm certain we did, but like they found a practical use for it. And it looks – it doesn't make sense. Like, logically, I don't understand how they actually made it work. It's weird because it's all – like, you. it doesn't matter how you position the screens. They it know. Does. Well, no, you, don't you have to drag in – like, you have to actually, actually touch the screens. So when it touches with one, it touches with the other. And mm -hmm. it sort of syncs them up together that way, I believe. Correct? That's still super weird, though, because, like, you, you can't run off of gyros because no. there are no gyros in the tablet. Yeah. And it's touchscreen based. If you're touching the screen, then you know that's that's sort of weird. Do they have like some sort of near field communication that allows to to differentiate when which side of which screen is being touched when? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, got to be some part, some piece of hardware in there that uh, we're just not made aware of. Either way, that is a really cool mechanic. Now. They haven't said this yet, and this is the only thing that scares me about this title is that I want online play. Mm. Like, mm -hmm. I, I do. Like, I love the Mario Party games, but it's not really likely that I'm going to, you know, bring my Switch, have my friends bring their Switches. We both own a copy of the game, and we've committed to playing the game at a agreed-upon location. Mm. Now, what what I think they might do something similar to DS download play though. 
I think it's obviously a system feature that was cut from the Switch. I think they can still do something similar. Um, like the the Namco Namco collection, I think, had one for Pac-Man. Um, similar, sort of similar where your friends can just download the app, open that up to play with you. So I think you only really need the one copy of the game. I feel like they'll do that uh, specifically for the uh, the witchcraft screens. Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Either way, I'm excited about this game. I love the title, Super Mario Party. It mm-hmm. kind of like, get rid of the numbers because, first off, the numbers weren't working. Yeah. And second... After 10, it gets hard. Yeah. Well, not just that, but I think the uh, the connotations of the numbers signifies that they're moving in the same direction with these titles. Yeah. And we don't want that anymore. Like, no. We like Mario Party has been bad since like since eight. The last one I really enjoyed was three. Yeah, uh, that's that's about me as well. I like so more in the sixty-four area. Four and five were good for me. Seven was meh, and then eight and the rest went. One of the ones on the DS was pretty good though. Mario Party DS DS was interesting. Yeah, I love Mario Party DS. Gets so much like crap, but I love it. That was easily one of my like. It had such good mini games. Is why I really like it. Board three, decent, but then the mini games are all really, really nice and creative. So the three DS one had good mini games, but the problem I had with it is it removed the the traditional board feature. Yeah, and I'm like, what the hell is the point of playing Mario Party if you don't have the board feature? That's the only other thing I'm surprised about is that they've announced a Mario Party game so soon after releasing a Mario Party game. It hasn't been that long since uh, Top 100 came out. I think the game only came out in either December or January. I kind of feel like Top 100 was them kind of just looking at how people saw Mario Party. Could have been a market probe, yeah. Well, I don't know. So I feel like, you know, I feel like they weren't really the Top 100. I think it was just sort of a mix mash of games they thought they could throw in this. But then I think they sort of looked at that and said, okay, what do the fans actually really think about these mini games? Do they think that this one's actually good? Um, I think it's more like it's, it was a complete lie. It's not the top 100. It's we're figuring out what the top games are actually. I have a completely no different outlook on top 100. Top 100 is Nintendo saying we've sold a lot of Switches, but we've sold way more 3DSs. And right. we just need to release anything. For the 3ds, just to bolster, just to maintain those sales numbers. That makes I sense. I could see that as well. Yeah, I'm not saying. Look, I'm not saying it's a bad game. I'm just saying I didn't buy it. Yeah, because I can't play Mario Party without you know the traditional Mario Party. All right, uh, moving on. A huge title uh, was dated. Uh, Fire Emblem Hero, Fire Emblem Three Houses is the title. And they've made some design changes to the game uh, as far as the way the battle mechanics work. It almost looks like you control a party and it just looks different. It, it reminds me of Advanced Wars a little bit. Yeah, it's very Advanced Wars, I'd say. You control your own little small armies instead of units now. Yeah. Yeah. Graphically, and... it looks good, but it's it's not pushing the hardware. That's the other thing. It looks good, but it's not really pushing the hardware. And I'm like... Man, I really thought the Fire Emblem team would come out real hard on this game. Uh, I guess they're that just does not surprise me. That does not surprise me. I mean, um, Fire Emblem is known for its character-driven stuff. Not so much. The gameplay has been always pretty okay, but it's the character-driven. Dri- it's kind of like their cash cow right now. 
So, it looks good, though. I mean, Fire Emblem's never had good visual in terms of the environments. Like, you look at the GameCube and Wii era for the games, and, like, those were... Those could have been a lot more visually impressive, but they weren't. And you look at 3DS games, and, like, they were very nice-looking, and the environments were pretty nice, but at the same time, it's still, like, the environments were still just very basic and simple, and I think that's sort of... They don't want to focus on those, though. I mean, I think... See, but, like, it's this weird boat where Fire Emblem Heroes graphically looks better... Than Fire yeah. Emblem Three Houses. I would agree. That's <laughs> off-putting to me in a sense. I was like, yeah. why is the third-party Fire Emblem game the third-party mobile phone with yeah? Like, I don't know. It, I'm like, it, it's weird. Uh, but I like the changes. I it it looks really interesting. Uh, I'm I love the Advance Wars. So they um, they show the main characters sort of walking around like an open world. I think they did something similar in Fates. Uh, Fates? No, not Fates. Uh, uh, Fates. Echoes, Echoes. Echoes, yes. in Echoes yeah. In Echoes, and that was really weird to me to see in Echoes. Um, but this looks even more just like, it looks almost like a traditional like open world JRPG instead of Fire Emblem for like the hub well, worlds. Is, I, I, look, Fire Emblem got really popular like seven years ago here. Uh, yeah. After Awakening, Awakening really Awakening was what kickstarted it. Yeah, it had yeah. been around for ages, but Awakening caught and, people. Yeah, and they haven't really deviated from Awakening. They haven't, no, uh, at all. Pretty much, like it, each game has been the same. Like, granted, they've expanded a lot on the stories of each game going forward, but since Awakening, like gameplay hasn't really shifted. Uh, I'm actually, I'd be really interested to see. Who I would say kind of shifted. Or not Fates. Uh, I keep saying Fates. Echoes really Echoes. shifted. Yeah, but Echoes well, is a because, remake game. Yeah, yeah Echoes a, is a remake. They can't exactly. Yeah, they can't really derivate too far from the well, core hmm. before pissing people off. I mean, well, Square Enix is running into that game. with Seven. So yeah, you know. All right, fair enough. Maybe this is what Fire Emblem needs. I would like, like I was gonna, about to say, I would really be interested in seeing uh, the developers that comprise this uh, team at Intelligent Systems. I feel like. They've they must have because of the the drastic change that they've made to the you know the the battle system. I I wouldn't be surprised to find some of the Advance Wars guys, you know, on this particular team. Mm -hmm. Speaking of intelligent systems, I'm really upset that they didn't do anything with the code name Steam Two. Yeah, you know what though, I feel like as good as that game was, like nobody bought it. Yeah, no one bought I it. Didn't buy it. Like, and it was I've a good game. That one. Yeah, I bought it. I kind of liked it. And it's like, it was cute and fun. It was a fairly decent combat system, but then no one bought it. And it kind of like made me sad. But Intelligent Systems did great work on that, I thought. I don't know. Makes Whatever. me wonder if they, uh, what they're doing with Mario Party. Uh, not Paper Mario. Wow, I said Mario yeah. Party. Oh, yeah. All right. So next up, we have the game that we all knew about way in advance uh, Fortnite. Fortnite was officially announced and mm -hmm. released. Day uh, uh the right after the uh, Nintendo Direct. So yep. has anybody played it on the Switch yet? I have, yes. I have so not. It's it uh, a fairly smooth transition. I've had a couple of uh frame rate hiccups in a couple of matches, but nothing yeah. too like game nothing game breaking. Like I, I mean, I've had the same issues playing it on the PS4, so uh no nothing game breaking. Uh there is a little bit of controversy uh with Fortnite, and that has to do with Sony. Uh, the same thing happened last year uh, with uh, Minecraft. Uh, Sony's not let, or not Minecraft. Uh, 
Rocket League. Rocket League. He's yes. Rocket League. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sony's not playing nice with the other game developers. So if you have created a Epic uh, account for Fortnite for your PS on your PS4, you cannot use that same Epic account on your Nintendo Switch. Sony has blocked that cross compatibility, and uh, Nintendo pretty much called him out for it. Uh, Reggie. Reggie, in a funny little interview, <laughs> basically said, uh, yeah, that's our competitor's problem. Like, well, yeah, I'm Reggie. I mean, this, this would not be the first time Sony has adopted policies that uh, run counter to being um, gamer-friendly. I mean, I remember, I'm old enough to remember back in the PlayStation 3 era where they sued a guy for modding his PS3 and posting up how, how to do it. I, I mean, they, they had a whole bunch of raids on the PSN network because of that bullshit. And, you know, no one seems to remember that now because it's PS4 fanboys have really, really short-term memories. But uh, Sony, as, 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 as much as they've done great things, they are also do some really stupid things. And this is one of those things I'd, I'd put in the stupid things category. Yeah, at this point, I'm starting to think that Sony is an island unto themselves, and that's it. You either play in their island or you don't. And, you know, I think that's demonstrated in a lot of their um, hardware decisions. For example, the PSP had uh, proprietary memory sticks. The PS Vita had those stupid M2, what is it, Pro Duo memories. No, Pro yeah. Duo was PSP. The PSP. Uh, they had whatever they called they the custom PSP. memory sticks. So you couldn't use just a normal SanDisk SD card. Yeah, you yeah. Had to buy right. the Sony one specifically. And the stupid, at least with with the PSP ones, they allowed SanDisk and other companies to make uh, memory cards for a short while. Not not so much for the Vita. Yeah. And you know, it's dumb crap like that 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 really it, it it's them shooting themselves in the foot. It's All like right. that meme where um, uh, on the internet where you see yeah, that guy shooting like, at something and it's like, why would they do this? It's, it's <laughs> Sony shooting their uh, player base with their stupid products and being like, why do people why hate they? us? Yeah. Hey, guys, to go back to Super Mario Party, uh, Game Explained just announced that there is an online component to uh, oh, Super, Paper, uh, Super Mario Party. An uh, online component, cool. we've not specified what it is, correct? Uh, online minigames. Uh, okay. doesn't, doesn't actually say whether or not it's going to... I haven't watched this video yet. I, I'll watch it later. Uh, right. record. But they did say that there is an online component, so that might be enough. That's something, that, yeah. That's something, mm -hmm. exactly. That's cool. uh, but back to uh, Sony and Fortnite, the Fortnite debacle. I, this was really off-putting because I, I do own a PS4 and I do own you know, a Nintendo Switch. In some instances, there are, depending on what I'm playing, there are some controllers that I prefer over others. And for a game like Fortnite, I think the PS4 controller is a little bit better. Not, I mean, functionally they work the same. I just more than the Pro controller, they work the same. But the form factor of the PS4 and the overall lightness of the controller, uh, they work. They, I feel like that works in Fortnite's benefit, especially if I throw the controller in rage. <laughs> well yeah so yeah have to create two separate profiles as of now uh we'll see how long this lasts it might i mean with rocket league it's still not 
Resolve. been out for a while. It, they haven't changed anything with Rocket League. So, yeah. so Sony's going to do their own thing. Uh, as far as the game itself, Fortnite's n- nothing new. Nothing, no specific Nintendo Switch content uh, of note. So mm-hmm. it's pretty much the same game that you're playing on all your other platforms. So but it's, a good, it's a good get for Nintendo, but honestly, not. Tr- I'm not a huge Fortnite fan. Not my cup of tea. I'll play a, a few games here and there. Though. Yeah, I'll play a few games, but you have to realize that Fortnite is huge right now. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much the biggest game in since Minecraft in, like, what, 2011? Like, yeah. Fortnite it's- is absolutely massive. So having a truly portable experience for Fortnite, yeah, there's an iOS and Android version. But no one really can play those and win. It's and so you look at this. It's it's an equivalent of the PS4 and Xbox control schemes for the game, but on portable. I think that's going to be where the big draw is. I would not be surprised if we actually see people buying a Switch just for portable Fortnite. I would not be surprised. I think this oh, could yeah, potentially sell systems. I think this is. Uh, a great sort of even playing field now obviously we're a little bit late uh the fortnite train has kind of like been out the train has left the station ages and ages ago um but i I am glad to see that it's here because i think it really is big to have this true portable version of fortnite yeah yeah Uh, i mean it it is big i i agree and um even even though the hype for fortnite has Train, the, the train may have left the station a little while ago. I don't think it's um, too late. I, I still think they're within the window of opportunity. So mm-hmm, I think so, yeah. I don't think it's too late, but there is definitely – they're late to the party. They are late to the party for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I want to stick with online shooters. I forgot to put this in the talking points, but uh, Paladins got released. Yeah. Uh, they got announced a, fi- uh, mm-hmm. a week before the, uh, the presentation, Yes, and it was released right after the Nintendo Direct. Which is nice. So, for those unindoctrinated, Paladins is uh, objective-based team first-person shooter, similar yeah, to Overwatch and Team yeah. Fortress Two. It's basically Overwatch it was, for Switch. It's like was that Cliff's game, Cliffy B's game? I don't know. No, 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 no. That's that game studio doesn't exist anymore. They went bankrupt as of last. Yeah, what week. the hell was that game? That game was uh, not Paladins. It was <sighs> shit. I'm blanking. Um, but. Paladins is who? Epic Games? No, Paladins is like their own sort of thing. Yeah, they're like... Uh, see... Paladin... No, 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 no. It wasn't a boss key game. Give me one second, I'm gonna pull up Paladins right now. But, um, either way, Paladins is now on the Switch. Um, High Risk Studios. High Risk. High Res. Yeah. Huh, what do they do? I don't remember. Anyway, Paladins is on the Switch now. Uh, it's I believe there's a thirty dollar Founders Pack for it, where you get all the heroes unlocked. But Paladins is also free to play. I'm not sure if the free to play version is out now, but the um, I know for sure that the no, it's just right now. It's it's uh, limited to that uh, bundle. I think they're gonna yeah. I think that okay. they're waiting like a month to release the full version, the the free to play version on the Switch. Yeah, but, but you can get it early like a- for thirty. Exactly, yeah. It's it's a good get for the Switch because we weren't getting Overwatch. Uh, mm-hmm. Activision Blizzard has pretty much made it clear that they don't want to yeah. make any games for the Switch because they haven't released anything for the Switch. Yeah. Uh, as a Although player. they're supposed to be working on Diablo, so I don't know how that's supposed to work. Yeah. As of right now, I don't think they've actually released a, a game for the Switch. Um, but still, I mean, look, if we're not going to get Overwatch, get the Overwatch clone, and uh, hey, it might be 
it might be as good. It looks great. It does. It looks it has like, horses, which is something Overwatch does not have. <laughs> yeah, it, it does look like Overwatch though, graphically and like visually. It has like that same kind of Overwatch appeal. Whether or not it translates is an entirely different thing, but it's got a good price point. Uh, mm -hmm. Either free to play or if you want to get it early, you want to be an early adopter, $29.99 is not a bad price point to start, uh, especially on the Switch. And the portable factor alone, that I think that's always a good thing. Any game that can do what, what the competitor system do, you know, does, but on the go is always really good. And that's why I think this is great. Like, there's no other Overwatch experience. In a, there's no portable Overwatch experience right now. And with, you know, Paladins, you're getting one. So I think it's a good get. So speaking of um, clones, uh, there was also a game that we forgot to mention here as well. Um, there's a League of Legends clone that is also going to be releasing on the Switch uh, by Tencent. It's um, Arena of Valor, I believe yes. what it was. That got that announced was... during the uh, September, uh, the August, no, the September Direct last year. Mm -hmm. and But it was good. shown in the Direct a little yes. bit, so... We have to mention it, or I thought I'd mention it. Yeah, so the next game Nintendo decided to spend way too much time on was uh, Overcooked 2. Yes. Looks good. Looks really good. Mm -hmm. Overcooked, you know, is a smash on every platform they put it on. Yeah. Uh, the Switch version had a lot of issues. I'm hoping, hoping they resolved them for, you know, uh, Overcooked 2. Looks mm -hmm. like it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I like the uh, multiplayer, local multiplayer co-op in the game. Lots of good things to like about this game, uh, and visually, it, it just looks like a lot of fun. Uh, but I have no other thoughts on that other than my experience with the first Overcooked uh, was a little janky. So I'm hoping that that's resolved. I've never played Overcooked, but actually, after watching this uh, trailer, I am now interested just because it looks like it's it's good. It's called chaos. Yeah, the chaos is what appeals to me. I'm just kind of like, yeah. what the hell? is going on here and so for, for someone like myself who really 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 enjoys games that involve coordination of people with me to get the job done and if not the friendship is ended like i love those kinds of games overcooked is a dream come true for me um like i i play tumble seed with one controller in one hand and the other joy kind in someone else's hand and you have to coordinate that that's not easy there's a lot of screaming, <laughs> yelling, coordination That's errors ridiculous. and dropouts of the friendships. And, but I love it. It's what I thrive on. And so Overcooked 2, is, um, I'm really looking forward to it. All right. <laughs> Next up, we had Killer Queen Black, which is an arcade game. Mm -hmm. um, a really weird time. It's 2018, and uh, there is an arcade game that has been really successful, and it's getting a Switch port, and it looks great it has like all the best aspects of uh galaga and joust mixed into mm -hmm. one very much fantastic like looking game i i could not look at this game and not see joust but a little bit of galaga as well um mm -hmm. looks like it's a lot of fun yes uh, graphically this game isn't doing anything mm -mm. but it doesn't need to because it's it, it's it's, it's an arcade that, game yeah it has that same a uh, hook that all old school arcade games have great yeah. gameplay. Yeah, well, I actually looked this game up uh, because I thought that the original arcade game was super old. Apparently, the first one was actually only made in like 2012, 2013, somewhere around. Uh, I think 2011, actually. But uh, yeah, 2011. I'm about a year off. 
Right, well, point, no, no, you might be more accurate than I am. I just think that's that was off the top of my head when I thought when I was so around that era, that era. But what's interesting to me is, is um, that they were going for that sort of look uh, both mm-hmm. in 2011 and, and now. It's kind yeah. of the appeal to the nostalgia, and um, I saw it in a bar. The first one I saw it in a bar, so mm-hmm. that's like a Dave and Buster's somewhere. So yeah. I think that was t- part of their tart, their their marketing. Yeah, I saw that at Dave and Buster's as well. At a, uh, we have a Dave and Buster's here in Tampa. It's really new, and uh, we're one of the test location Dave and Buster's. So we get a bunch of games that either uh, either they're gonna spend a lot of money on and get nothing, or it's gonna get a, it's gonna do really well, and then they'll roll it out nationwide to all the other Dave and Buster's. And it was there. I didn't get a chance to play it because the line was long for that game i was like what is that okay. game yeah Why so i was gonna so ask fun? that too is it you know the one that i saw it seemed oddly popular yeah which... it, it was packed the line was packed i was like uh any the old school people like had quarters lined up like i got next and i'm like wait this this machine don't even use quarters <laughs> <laughs> yeah right like, uh, it, was, it, was packed. Cards, but... it was like packed and i'm like that game is packed never got a chance to play i spent three hours at that dave and busters and i never got a chance to play it i was like damn the line never shrank Mm-mm. yeah and so that's one of the reasons why i think killer black coming to the switch uh, will be an interesting opportunity yes so like especially when you have you know the switch is kind of ripe for like old arcade games like uh Obviously, like Neo, Neo Geo yeah. Skyskipper. Yeah, exactly. Which got announced today in Treehouse Live was that Donkey Kong Arcade Archives was announced, which a true That's arcade good. port of Donkey Kong, like an arcade perfect translation of the original Donkey Kong game. Cool. Killed several different Street. versions of yeah. Donkey Kong. You have the original early Japanese version, and then you have the, the Japanese version, the regular and Japanese the international version. version. Mm-hmm. So, guys. Start practicing. I want to see those kill screens. Mm-hmm. I want to see recordings <laughs> of those kill screens. That'll be fun. Yeah, so, so be yeah, the Switch has, been, has proven itself ripe for arcade-style games, and that's not just limited to games, you know, traditional arcade games, but games such as fighting games. Mm-hmm. Uh, SNK Heroines, Heroines yeah. uh, has gotten some new footage, new t- touch-ups. Exactly. Um, uh, yep. Uh, moving on, Hollow Knight got announced. I'm not familiar with Hollow Knight, uh, but... I love the art style. It's beautiful. I love Hollow Knight. I cannot wait to get it up again on the Switch. You I have, know, I have been waiting. Actually, I don't have it yet, but I want that, it. That's one of those things where I, because Hollow Knight has been out for what six months now. No, a at year? least a year, if not a year and almost two. Has it been already two years? Yeah, <laughs> but probably it's been out a while now. It's been out for so long, and they've been so um, hush hush about it that mm-hmm. I honestly thought that we would never get um hollow knight on on the switch well they, so, they announced that it was coming ages ago and they even mentioned that in the e3 direct was like we we said this was already coming but it's going to come out today so you're welcome everyone yeah yeah so yeah there was a glut of games released day of the direct yeah. like immediately after so there's Fortnite and hollow hollow knight and, and then there's paladins. also yeah paladins but then you also got Arcade Archives, um, Donkey Kong is released now, and I believe Skyskipper is also announced or playable right now as well. Oh, exactly. As a, and as yeah. far as Bethesda's press conference, uh, 
Fallout uh, Fall Shelter, Shelter was, uh, mm-hmm. was released yep. immediately after their press conference. So yep. now yep. we've got a glut of games this week. Yes. Uh, so, so that was good. really nice. Yeah. Uh, so they tried to sneak one past us in their montage. Mm-hmm. Dragon Ball yeah. Fighter Z was officially announced for the Nintendo Switch, and they did it in like the most lackluster possible way. It's almost like they knew that Microsoft was going to show Jump Forces, and they're like, yeah, we can't show this yeah. game. We can't spend any time on this game because Jump Force got announced. And, uh, oh, by the way, I, I, I just want to say that Jump Force, best trailer, period, for E3, uh, my, minus Last of Us. It, but we knew we knew the Last of Us was coming, so Jump yeah, Force fair. Coming, yeah, like the the hype of Jump Force, phenomenal. So good on you, Microsoft, for uh, screwing all the other developers who are or console makers who are getting this game. And nice nice way to steal their thunder. Uh, yeah, but Dragon Ball Fighter Z officially getting announced for the Switch. Fighting fans rejoice because this is the one you've been asking for. Uh, I know a lot of people who held off on buying this game. Hoping for a Switch port, and I was one of them. I I said if it Same. comes to the Switch, I'll get it, but I'm not gonna buy it on the PS4. I'm not, well, I'm not a fan of the PS4's online infrastructure. Like it's not bad. I just I'm just not a huge fan of it. So I just decided to hold off on this game until it came on the Switch. I wanted the portability aspect to come into play. So mm-hmm. it's here. I'm excited. I wish Nintendo had dedicated actual time to it, mm-hmm. but it is what it is. Uh, obviously, Brennan mentioned uh, SNK Heroines. Yep. Got, got a new trailer. Um, but in that, better and better. And in that same um, montage, like things that were barely, barely shown was like Ark Survival Evolved as well as like a Minecraft little pixel version of it. And I think that's a weird thing to sort of glaze over because Ark Survival Evolved has a fairly big following, I, I would say. It's a very yeah. impressively impressive game in terms of the graphics. And so, but they also generally put that in there. They put that in there sort of like mixed in with the Dark Souls remastered and a lot of other sort of um more powerful games. And well, I want to touch I'm, on this. I'm like, concerned because Arc Survival got announced for iOS and Android as well. So I'm wondering what experience we're getting on the Nintendo Switch. Are we getting the full version of that game or are we getting like the, the free to play Android, you know, mobile version? Yeah, exactly. So that's I'm the not only sure. concern I have. I would not know. I did not know that those were coming to mobile. Um, but um, either way, we are getting Ark Survival in a fashion, and I think that does show promise. Um, I think you know they mashed it in with like Dark Souls that's coming, Wolfenstein. Um, and so I think it. You people need to. This is where I want to step back from the big picture, just E3, and just where the Switch stands with um these other third-party titles that aren't just quirky, fun, cutesy graphics or indie titles. Um, Dark Souls is fairly big. It's fairly powerful um, like in terms of graphic mm-hmm. stuff. We have Payday 2. We have Doom. We have um, uh, blanking already. Wolfenstein, thank you. Um, <laughs> and it's not nearly Skyrim. Um, it's not quite what the other systems have. Sony has way more. Microsoft has tons more. But it's not um, a wasteland either. No, no. We're slowly but surely getting there. We have a decent sort of lineup of these... Um, more powerful, more traditional, not traditional, but what we'd see on the other systems more with more LA Noir, games. Yeah, and of course, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. just depending on the success of Resident Evil 7's like online campaign in Japan, we'll probably get that yeah. here as well. Like we're yeah. getting this, we're getting games. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, day and date, that's completely, you know, we're not yeah. there yet. I think, we're, we're getting there. I think, yeah, the big issue that I really have in terms of just those games now is that, like, they get them first. Every All their systems get them first. I think that's the thing that needs to change. I think we need to be on there on the same day as the other systems. I think Ubisoft is doing a great job with that, with Starlink Battle for Atlas. Uh, we're getting Trials Rising as, as well. Um, so I'm really happy that Ubisoft is sort of thinking, well, we can like do these sw- the Switch version and the other ones at the same time, no issues. Um, other s- companies seem to be faltering on that a little bit, though. Yeah, I mean, Bandai Namco... Uh, I think is has the is the one to have dropped the ball the most so far because Bethesda, yeah. you know, they're releasing titles that have already been released. So yeah. it's it's not it's kind of not their fault. But, but this is just what Bethesda does at this point. It's just re-release yeah. games. Yeah, but so, they do the same thing on their own on on the other platforms too. Is that they yeah. re-release and re-release? That's that's what but that's what's in Bethesda's wheelhouse. Where Bethesda's no stranger to making up ports of their games. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, back to Bandai Namco, I, I love them to death, but, you know, Dark Souls was supposed to release with everyone else, and now it got mm-hmm. pushed. Um, Fighter Z, I don't know mm-hmm. why they didn't just release it at the same time. I think they were just waiting uh, to see what the Switch was going to do. I think fundamentally, yeah. I think they were scared of the Switch, especially after uh, releasing Pokemon Tournament on two separate consoles, and it not really... Look, Pokemon is a great fighting game, but it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily move the needle. It doesn't have the audience yeah. that the Pokemon games have, and it doesn't have the audience that traditional fighting games have. It yeah. sits in the middle uh, of those two large demographics. It's niche. Yeah, we'll see how they do with some of these new titles, though. I mean, Bandai Namco also just announced that they're remaking uh, Tales of Asperia for all the consoles, which is the best Tales game. Um, yeah, so that will check it out. But we will see if this is one of the titles to break that spell or if it's going to be another case of well ps4 xbox first switch later well we are getting it so i mean i mean there's hope on that horizon yeah so hopefully it will be the one to break the different release date spell but um we'll see all right so last but not least uh pokemon let's go pikachu and let's go eevee uh got they got a lot of love. They uh, they had a couple treehouse segments for the game already. Uh, interview with Junichi Masuda. Uh, they showed the Pokemon, the Pokeball Plus, and yes. they made a pretty good announcement for that. Was that every Pokeball Plus will yeah, come with Mew, yeah. which is nice. So we uh, recently found out that Mew was not going to be transferable from Pokemon Go to Pokemon Let's Go. So it is mm-hmm. very nice that Mew will come. In, in the this accessory, yeah. So it's already up for pre-order on Amazon. I pre-ordered mine immediately. You can also they, do a bundle with the yes, game. Yes, I like the bundle. I like the idea of a bundle. I've pre-ordered the games on both games on Amazon. They don't have a listing for the bundle. I'm hoping that they get it soon. Hoping it's not like some weird GameStop exclusive, uh, it's like that uh, Mega Man Amiibo set. Which yeah. um, I I got the bundle through Best Buy, so. Uh, um, I, I'm sure it's just Amazon sold the crap out of him because they've got a whole bunch of Autobots that pre-order the crap. Well, they don't out of even everything. have a listing for it up yet. I, I hate pre-ordering things on Best Buy. I don't like paying for things and then waiting long periods of time for them. Uh, I like it when I can 
you know, pre-order something and then pay when it ships. Either way. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, they spent a lot of time on the thing, and they showed a lot of gameplay. They actually showed up to Brock's gym, mm -hmm. uh, which was nice. Uh, I like the graphical overhaul that all the characters got. Uh, the new rival is weird. It's weird. Trace. Not yeah, it's weird. But he, he's nice. Not like Gary or yeah, Blue at all. Blue. And I, you know, and I kind of miss that though. I I liked the antagonistic mm -hmm. relationship between. Um, he feels more friendly than How did. Yeah, How that bugs you can't turn crap Blue out of into How. I hated How. Well, I mean, like, dude, this is a game set twenty years in the future. So yeah, I mean, Red and Blue are growing not the same up. Characters. Uh, it's it's uh, weird. I mean, it's it's in Kanto, but it's like this future version of Kanto, so I guess yeah. Brock is like 36 in this version of the game. He still looks pretty young, <laughs> honestly, but who cares? But yeah, I mean, yeah, Brock's aging real well, man. I need I need but a... But Professor Oak is still alive. What? Right? I, I mean, I'm sure Oak takes good care of his body. There's um, no way. That, no, no. Oak is immortal. Maybe. He's just gotta be a god or something. There's no way. So yeah, I mean, the new rival, he, he, he looks interesting. Uh, the gym battles look great. It was nice that they showed us gym battles. It was, uh, I mean, they, they did kind of limit it to two. They did show it as like a two player thing, which was really nice. Like, just show me what the single player is going to look like as a single player experience. Mm -hmm. But as far as how battles work, they work the way they're supposed to. Uh, mm -hmm. Although Pikachu knowing double kick is uh, a little OP. <laughs> I was like, uh, why did you give Pikachu? It's like they, it was a way to, uh, to make Brock easy for people yeah. who pick Pikachu. That's exactly. what it was. I was like, oh, come on now. Oh, but it's interesting. So I, I, at first when I saw them talk about Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu in the, in the direct, I was like, well, you just had an announcement for this. You don't need to announce it here. Like, I get we're going to get any more details, but like, now is not the time to show this. But So I was really upset about when you saw it in the direct. Because like that, that was time it could have been spent on another game, etc. But then... I saw the Treehouse live gameplay, and I am 100% on board with this now. That yeah. gameplay there was what sold me on this game finally. Yeah, it's no, like right. we finally get to see it's it's more it's more traditional Pokemon than it that is. That I expected. Pokemon. Like CP is still like a factor in Pokemon stats, but they also have actual stats. They have four moves instead of two. Um, and it the ride Pokemon look great. I, I love you know what I love. I love the candy art. system in this game. I love the you candy, can use yeah. the the candy to individually increase individual stats. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a it's it's kind of like how super training and hyper training are, mm -hmm. but on a much more Cooler accessible scale. scale. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's much mm -hmm. more accessible. Like yeah. super training was a pain. It's a better system in just yeah. overall. Yeah. Um, another thing um, is that we did get confirmation there is online play in some fashion. It's not really local play, but they teased the online option there. Well, they um, also showed uh, what else? Uh, that you have to recapture Pokemon in the Go Park. Yes. Mm -hmm. They didn't say if there was a chance to uh, miss fail. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you do once you do send your Pokemon over, you do have to recapture them. Any Pokemon can go in the Pokeball Plus. Mm -hmm. uh, and Not they, just Pikachu, Eevee, and Mew. All exactly. of them. Yeah. Every single one. And every and every Pokemon can follow you in conjunction with your Pikachu riding your shoulder and your Eevee riding on the top of your head. And so, you riding an Onyx. Exactly. So yeah, I mean this game looks better and better every time they've shown it. Uh yeah. We won't see it again for a while, I believe. Uh, I, I would think so. But yeah. I do think we're gonna get another specific direct uh 
come closer, closer to, to release. release. Yeah, that really yeah. delves deeper into all of these uh functions. So, and yeah, the, yeah, looks really good. Uh, but mm-hmm. now, guys, I want to go and talk about the stuff that we didn't see from Nintendo at a E3. A couple things that we're missing. Uh, mm-hmm. We can start with Yoshi. Yoshi was originally slated for 2018. Mm-hmm. It's been confirmed to come out in 2019. Yes. I'm starting to have a problem with the Yoshi development cycle because this is the same thing that happened with Yoshi's Woolly World. Mm-hmm. I love Yoshi's Woolly World. It's still not the best Yoshi game. The best Yoshi game is still the original Yoshi's mm-hmm. Island. But I did enjoy the crap out of uh, Woolly Yoshi's World. Woolly World. And mm-hmm. we're starting to see this thing where it's the same development team uh, and we're they're not giving us any details like what is causing the delay. This is the only game... Besides Pocket Rumble, that has been continuously delayed for the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, that's true, huh? Pocket Rumble. Be, yeah, it was supposed like Yoshi was supposed to be a launch year game, and it slipped. Pocket into Rumble was supposed to be a launch window, if not week day game. It was yeah. supposed to be like a day one game. It was yeah. ridiculous that it is Still a year later. Here. Yeah. So yeah, where well, Steep was also a Steep spin. They talked about Steep on Ubisoft like pre-show. And how it's getting new features, but also where's our Switch port finally? Like that's what I wanted to know. I'm waiting on getting steep because I want Switch port for it. Yeah. So yeah, we're just seeing Yoshi slip into development, and it, it's the, it makes me wonder what ha- is happening at uh, Good Smile. No, I say Good Smile. Good feel. Mm, uh, good feel. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, good feel. Who also, you know, they made the uh, Kirby's uh, Epic Yarn. They make good games. They make good games. So what is the holdup? Why why are we seeing this many delays? Now, a part of me is thinking that maybe they didn't want to release this game when they did because of the proximity to games like Donkey Kong and Kirby. But that's never really been an issue before. So I just want to know what's the holdup. Why do Yoshi games get stuck in this bad development cycle? Like Yoshi is like the cutesy version of the Breath of the Wild cycle. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I could, I could see that. So by the time it does come out, uh, they better have some features that really draw yeah. me back to this game because at this I, point, I'm starting to care less and less. And I wanted this game. I thought it looked really good last year when they showed it off. Uh, it's a bummer. I, I think the only real way that this game could be possibly because, like the last time we saw it, last year's E3, it looked fairly done. Like mm-hmm. so. I think the only real like reasons why we're getting delays other than some minor stuff has to be that it's going to be bigger than we thought it was. I think this game has to be bigger than we thought it was. Or, or it probably. has some type of integration that we, we don't see yet. Yeah, so I think we sh- should, I should expect to be surprised. And if we're not, I have no clue what to say because this is just kind of unacceptable. There's nothing big surprise of why it's delayed. Yep. Like, right, so I don't know. Moving on. Uh, the next game that we did not see any of was uh, No More Heroes. No, no, oh. no we're, we're good. No More Heroes. We didn't see any of No More Heroes. Brendan, you called that. Uh, weird mm-hmm. to to know that that game is like on the horizon and they didn't just briefly touch it on it with like a solid release date or even window. Well, I thought it would make its way into the Treehouse Lives. Um, so far, it has not. So... Yeah, and that's a weird thing because, you know, No More Heroes is an indie game. Yeah. So I honestly figured that they wouldn't really talk about indie games at all during the main direct, but then they showed us Hollow Knight, and I'm kind of like, huh. 
Yeah, Why would they you show us Hollow Knight. They did Overcooked, Hollow Knight, the um Killer Bean Killer Queen Black. They had a decent chunk of indie games listed at E3. Yeah. I wasn't sure how I felt about. But then we yeah. didn't get no more heroes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was very, very curious to me. Especially, especially one that's so anticipated. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm gl- I'm very uh, thankful that they gave us a different Marvelous Studios game in the form of Damon X uh, Machina, but sure. like nothing out of No More Heroes. That's that's so strange to me. All right, so I strange. Mean, it, it makes me wonder how far along the game is. I I was hoping that it would be further along, but I mean, as of right now, it's still slated for 2018. But I mean, we're almost halfway through. 20, well, what, no, what, what's today? Today's the 13th? 14th, I 14th. think. All right, so yeah, we're almost halfway through the year. The year and 14th. Officially, so we're, we're winding down. Uh, I thought a release date would be imminent. Uh, something else that wasn't shown at all during the E3 was any 2DS or 3DS support. Mm-hmm. Not a single game. Not a single game. You know, honestly, this doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me either, but... Nintendo's we, made it a huge habit of saying that we are going it's to not dead. Yeah, these are yeah. Two, these are the two pillars. We're, like they're they, they're running on the two pillars, and for them to not show a single 2DS 3DS compatible game, weird. Yeah, I mean Maybe. we do still have some coming on the way. Like we have Luigi's Mansion still coming. Uh, we just got Sushi Strikers on both systems, but on 3DS as well. Uh, we have what the WarioWare game coming still, correct? And um, uh, Mario and Luigi. Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's that Story Part Two or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we know there's a handful of 3DS titles coming out. Mm-hmm. Odd that they didn't even touch on them. Not even during yeah. Treehouse Live. If they, we I didn't thought get any they... announcements in Treehouse Live other than like Donkey Kong and Skyskipper, right? Like, yeah, like nothing. Last year we got Metroid. We got Sushi Strikers. Got a bunch of stuff last year's Treehouse, and yet. Donkey Kong and Skyskipper. I don't know. Really yeah, I think they really just need to, you know, kick the bucket. 3DS, 2DS. Oh, 2DS, 3DS. Such an old... I mean, to put it in perspective, I've had the 2DS, 3DS longer than I've been with my fiancé. And we've been together for like nine freaking years. (laughs) That is an old system, you know? Like, it, it's really shown its age. They just need to put it out to yeah. pasture. Um, and that's that's my opinion. Well, I think I have no problem if they want to continue to support the game. Obviously, I think we had a, you know, Detective Pikachu was one of my favorite games this year. Uh, but it's just, you know, if you're going to, if you are supporting it the way that you say you're supporting it. Show you, us something. You know, opportune time during the Treehouse Live to just show us something because it. Action, I mean, not for nothing, not for nothing, but like they've shown a lot of Smash during this year's Treehouse. Like ninety percent of Treehouse this year has been Smash, Mm -hmm. and uh, obviously you spent a whole event on Smash. So to show even more Smash almost Mm -hmm. feels unnecessary. Uh, By the way, we I do want to just go ahead and say uh, congratulations to Zero for becoming the only two-time Nintendo Smash champion. Mm-hmm. Still don't like you. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, but I, I uh, if 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 I were more conspiracy theory uh, keen, I would almost be concerned that there was so much Smash shown. I don't think that's the case. Uh, I don't think there's anything to worry about. 
But I know some people are going to be out there thinking like, oh, this is the doom of Nintendo, blah, 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 blah. They've got nothing. And I'm just like, you're full of shit. But um, All right. So next up, we did not find out about the mysterious Retro Studios title. And the Star Fox, uh, in Star Fox and Starlink was like almost like a weird, like cruel joke because the last major rumor we've got about Retro Studios was that they were working, working on a Star, Star Fox, Fox racing, racing game. Mm-hmm. So it was weird to see Star Fox show up. It was weird because it's like, you, you, like synergy is a is a thing that I think mm-hmm. Nintendo doesn't quite grasp. If if rare if retro rare if retro is actually working on a Star Fox racer game, the synergistic thing to do would be to you know show Starlink, and then show the retro studio Star Fox racing game. So it makes me think that that's just BS at this point. Maybe they were working on it at some point, but I I the fact that they didn't show anything from retro makes me think if they were working on a Star Fox racing game, it has been officially scrapped. Uh, so no retro game at all. No Donkey Kong, no Metroid, and no uh, no Star Fox game. So what is retro doing? Because it's been a long time since they've released a new game. Yeah, it's, it's been five years. It's been mm-hmm. five years since they've since released Tropical Freeze. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what's going on at retro now? I know that retro did make the uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze port, but it's a port. But the entire game was pretty much done yeah, already. They didn't outsource that game though, which was weird. Yeah, because yeah. Nintendo has a lot, like a lot of good studios to make ports mm-hmm. and. Yeah, and- Grezzo does a good job with those, yeah. I believe. Yeah, and who, who is who made a uh, Ocarina of Time for for that? That was Grezzo, I believe. Yeah. Maybe yeah, Ocarina Majora's Mask. Um, they might have made. I I might be wrong. This the Xenoblade Chronicles 3D. And I'm not sure who made Trop- Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D, but I don't think that was Grezzo. I do not think that one was Grezzo. No. They're not but. showing up for those guys. All right. But yeah, it's weird that the, that Retro would make a port and mm-hmm. not be working outside. So it's, what is Retro doing? That's, like, at this point, we have to ask, what is Retro doing? Does Retro even still... Are they even still a second-party developer? Did Nintendo quietly sell Retro? Their, or their shares in retro because it's a long gap. It's a really yeah. long gap. It's, it's it a mystery for sure. And now you know, now with the with the new hardware, like I feel like Nintendo would be leaning on retro a little bit more to make something. Mm-hmm. I mean, they definitely leaned on the Pokemon company. We're getting two Pokemon games in two years. Mm-hmm. Plus Pokemon Quest, we have Pokemon Tournament as well. Um, niche following, but still, yeah, getting a lot of Pokemon as well as the future of Pokemon will be Switch oriented. Yeah, you know, Nintendo's putting the squeeze on the Pokemon company right now mm-hmm. to release content. So Pokemon where's sells. That, where's that same squeeze for anything that Retro does? Mm-hmm. It's 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 just weird. It's just weird. All right. So the last game we didn't see at E3 was Metroid Prime Four. So initially, I thought that they would have something mm-hmm. even like like i'm not saying a gameplay trailer necessarily but i thought we would have seen like a cinematic trailer at the very least for metroid prime 4 uh all we got last year was the logo and the number four uh i understand that they don't want to uh to uh like show something that they're not ready to show but i feel like this is something that we were all anticipating a lot we were all anticipating this a lot and we got nothing 
Metroid Incognito, but they did say 2019 game. So, yeah, that's very confusing. I, I kind of almost wonder if that's what Retro's working on. You know, well, it's confirmed to not be what they're working on, though. It's the weird part of it. So, I just I don't quite know. Yeah, but they never specifically stated which studio was working on Metroid Prime. I mean, yeah, that is also so. It's just weird. This it's is either a, weird... a bait and switch from Nintendo or the. I understand the game's not far lo- enough along in development that they can mm-hmm. show anything, but like, and I, re- I at least a bit more info. Like, tell us I that it's still hopes. coming, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't right. know. So, oh yeah, we uh, also didn't get something else, right? Yes, Pikmin Four. Oh, was not shown as well as um Shin Megami Tensei Five, which had been receiving quite a few trailers, um and quite a bit of hype, was not shown either. But yeah. yeah. So that's a lot of stuff that we just didn't see on the Nintendo mm-hmm. Switch or or from Nintendo at all. And it's it I'm not saying their direct was bad. Nintendo obviously didn't have a bad Nintendo Direct, but I think the things that were missing felt really glaring this time around. I think like, so, yeah. Like I, like especially after they knocked it out of the park so hard last year. Last year, mm-hmm. last year's E3 was, think... was a banger of an E3, and this year, it felt like they got everybody on base, but they didn't, you know, crack a home run with any particular title mm-hmm. other than the ones we knew about. Yeah, I think it was a lot of just stuff we knew about. Um, but going, uh, going back really fast to the synergy thing you were talking about, I think last year really drove home the synergy of it. Um, we had Metroid Prime Four. Uh, but then we also had the um, the Samus Returns. I think that's that synergy where if we had gotten, you know, Starlink Battle for Atlas, Star Fox, but also Star Fox game, that would have created a huge burst of huge like synergy uh, this year as well, I think. The, the winning formula was either announce um, an Animal Crossing or Pikmin game, doesn't matter which one it is, to at least say that Metroid Prime 4 is still coming, and then give us the Star Fox game with the Star Lake Battle for Atlas. I think that would have killed it. That would have given them the hype they needed. 100%. Oh, yeah. That would have been a home run right there. Like, especially oh, yeah. if you already have Smash, you have um, Fire Emblem, you have Xenoblade. Um, but, I mean, going back to the presentation as a whole, still, um, I think there's a lot of um, things done wrong from the perspective of a non-Nintendo fan, or even as someone who doesn't share the same interests as maybe us. So, whereas... Um, Last year, there's a bit of outcry in terms of all the anime games that Nintendo showed. Um, and then this time, we start off right at the bat with Daemon X Mechanica. And it's like, well, that's super anime. Maybe that's not for me. And then you go right into Xenoblade Chronicles 2. You get yeah. Super Mario Party, which is super cool. And then you get Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, right? So the first four games you show, three of them are already just anime games, and if that shouldn't be a turn-off to people, I think gameplay is what matters. But I think a lot of people were turned off this year um, by that. I think um, it's a great time to be a Smash Brothers fan. Um, there's a lot of new info, but ha- having over double the rest of the stuff dedicated to Smash is a bit yeah. much for people who do, are not into Smash. Um, I think people who aren't into Smash really get, kind of get shortchanged this year. Um, so that's also kind of unfortunate. It also, you know, it, it, it presents bad optics to people who don't want to dig deep mm-hmm. and to look beyond the sheer, the thin veneer surface. Yeah. Because then you have those idiot fanboys who are just like, 
Ah ha ha, Nintendo had zero games because they only showed Smash for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you clearly didn't really watch the thing because they had a whole bunch of stuff in the direct. They just focused on on Smash the most. But the problem is, is, you know, when you've got optics like that and you have idiot gamers who don't pay attention to things, that it, it, yeah. you're going to have situations like that. And I think... I think yeah. the direct formula as a whole is not good for that sort of idea. I think when you're looking at the idea of a Nintendo Direct, it's to split and space out all the big announcements across the year, um, et cetera. So, like, E3 for Nintendo is, like, always kind of lacking compared to the rest, even though they still win E3 some years. Um, it's not nearly as big as it was the previous years before the Directs, because um, they want to space things out with the announcements, et cetera. But when people who maybe aren't interested in Nintendo, but would are interested in E3 for the rest of the stuff, they'd take a peek at Nintendo, see, like, well, the Switch is getting a lot of buzz. Like, what do they have for it? And then they sort of don't see what they want to see um, because it's all tucked away in the direct. I feel like it hurts people who watch E3 and, and haven't bought a Switch yet and are prospective buyers of the Switch. Well, and um, keep in mind that the previous two, e uh, the previous two E3s, so 2016 was... Only Breath of the Wild, and yet still Nintendo had the best showing. Yeah, agreed. And then last year, they focused heavily on Mario Odyssey, but they also showed off a crap ton of other games for the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. And this is kind of like the what 2018 has been like as a whole. The Switch has gotten games like steadily, but there's been no real major hitters. And the two major hitters that we do have were shown outside of E3. So mm -hmm. we have Pokemon and Smash. Both games were mm -hmm. announced Smash was in prior before. Yeah. They showed Smash in the March Direct for the first time, mm -hmm. which eliminated the hype that we could have potentially had at this year's E3. Yeah. And obviously the Pokemon company does their own thing, and they showed mm -hmm. off, you know, let's go Pikachu, let's go Eevee. Yes. Uh, A week during, before. Yeah. Or two weeks or whatever before. before. So they, they fundamentally kill their own, like, hype, hype. by blowing it early. Yeah, they, they blow really their, blew their load early there. Yeah, they yeah. prematurely announced something. And, you know, these things might be better suited for E3, but it also goes to show that Nintendo doesn't need E3 as much as, say, a Microsoft. Sony or Microsoft, yeah. Well, mm -hmm. even Sony is doesn't need E3 the way that Microsoft does. Sony okay, yeah. has been doing their own thing with PSX, like, like okay, yeah. All no, their major right. announcements come out during PSX, not during you know. Okay. E3. Like, no, you're right. You're right. All they use E3 for is like as a you know a, a, a showground. Yeah. yeah. They just like we're gonna highlight the game that we announced at PSX. Mm -hmm. uh, just a shame that PSX comes so late in the year. Yeah. Because uh, it's just I mean because you know they have games that are just yeah you know, we're not gonna show them in June we're gonna wait till October. Just yeah, weird timing, okay. uh, but it's because they don't have to compete with anybody else. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, uh, letter grade. What do you guys give this year's uh, Nint Nintendo's E3 this year? B plus, probably. Yeah, I'm sitting in the B range myself. Just a solid mm -hmm. B. Like, I think I think they showed off a bunch of good games, but I don't think they showed off any real hitters. Uh, they spent a lot of time focused on DLC uh, mm -hmm. for certain games, so I think that minimized a lot because these are games that I already own, even though they're getting additional content, which we didn't mention the Octo expansion was uh, released. 
yesterday. last night. Last yeah. night. Uh, and they, they unveiled that during the Splatoon tournament. They also showcased a bunch of new Amiibo uh, for Splatoon. And then Smash got new Amiibo as mm -hmm. well with a Ridley and a... Uh, Inkling. We also got confirmation that the Daisy Amiibo is coming. Yeah, uh, and we'll talk about Smash a little bit later. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I gave it a solid B. Uh, Jaden, let it grow. Uh, hmm, that's tough. Uh, well, a C seems too low. An A is way too high. I'd probably have to give it a B minus, you know. B minus? It's B minus C plus range, some, hovering somewhere around the 79 to 83 uh, percentile ranking. It. Yeah, because like how I sort of do my rating is people who like Smash, how excited they must feel. People who don't like Smash, people who wanted like these other games, and how what they actually showed was it new, was it not new? And I, I think yeah, I'm leaning towards the same thing from like overall perspective. So I mean yeah, there's a general yeah. consensus with us is that you know Nintendo, B, you know, was range. A, yeah, it was a B. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, the, the, the problem, the biggest problem I had is that they had too much Smash. Not that I don't like Smash, you know, I, I like Smash. Although I'm a bit of overtaken the entire. Everything else. They like, showed a lot of stuff in the clippets of you know how they had the Nintendo Direct. They talked about a bunch of games, and then they had oh yeah, we've even got more stuff. And they just showed like flashes of other games that were coming out, and that's mm -hmm. how we found out about uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, for example. Mm -hmm. Those were the titles that I was mostly interested. Yeah, Killer Black Queen did... was in that list too. Yeah, I'm like, come on, there's some good stuff here. Why didn't you show us a bit more of that? Why didn't you show us a bit more of some of the other games that are coming out? Why didn't you show us more about Tales of Vesperia? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought that... Uh, so, so if it were me, I would have had a little bit about Smash, probably like 10 minutes worth, and then saved the other content for an, for a Smash Brothers specific direct like a week or two later. You know what well, I mean? I would have gonna get one. You know we're getting a Smash direct. I know. Uh, well, exactly. So. I would have had the all the Smash information at all put in the tournament later that night. So before the tournament, you get I all Master Sakurai in that direct presentation that he did just before everything. So that's when you get uh, all I the information. Yeah. Like and then dedicate the rest of that time to those things that took like less than a second on the screen, flashing and flashing in that montage. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's that was my biggest gripe is mm -hmm. they they spent too much time on Smash and Wait, not enough time on the other stuff. I, I, that was my fear that they would fall into that trap, and they did. Um, as well as, I, I feel like we got more information on Smash than I kind of wanted to hear. Uh, you know, we got that 50-fact extravaganza previously from the Smash 4 in between the 3DS and Wii U launches. But we got them in a way that, like, the game had already been out. We knew most of the stuff, and so these new other things were kind of nice to see in the future. Um, but it wasn't spoilery. I feel like we still have six months until this game comes out now, and yet uh, we we got every all the information we ever wanted to know about it with six months down the line still. I feel like that was very early to announce all the stuff that they did. Agreed. All right, so 
we are going to wrap up this portion of our E3 uh, conversation. Uh, we're going to do a separate Smash episode, so we're going to go ahead and we'll wrap things up here. Uh, you guys already know that you can hit me up on Twitter at Nice193. You can email me at Nice193 at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash Nintendo Power Zone. If you're a fan of this podcast, you can always download new episodes on iTunes, Google Play Music, stream new episodes on Stitcher Radio, but if you want to watch the show live like you're doing right now, you can watch us right here on YouTube, youtube.com slash Nintendo Power Zone. Take it away, guys. Uh, so I'm V King Blues once again. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at V King Blues. Um, really great doing the show today. I'm once again sorry, I'm a little bit sickly. Um, but hey, a lot of fun doing the show today. Yeah, you can hit me up at all of my uh, social media is all the same. Uh, at Jaden Winsong, Twitch, Twitter. You know, you know the drill. All right, guys. So. Don't forget, we will be doing a Smash episode. So go ahead, after you listen to this one, go ahead and tune into that. Until next time, stay fresh.